Hello, hi, um, yeah, hi, welcome to Brainwaves. Um, I'm Jamie Adams. Um, Ian, Ian, you here? Uh, I am indeed here, Jamie. How how are you doing with everything that's going on? Uh, we're, we're, we're trapped inside here, trapped inside the Brainwaves HQ, uh, you know, not going out unnecessarily. Have you yeah. seen Sam recently, by the way? Has he oh, left? I, he shouldn't have. I, I'm I'm doing uh, okay. Thanks for asking. Um, Sam, I saw him heading towards the cellar on the basement oh, with a okay. determined look on his face and muttering that he'll be back soon. So I heard some loud noises, a bang, and then some octarine light. So I don't know how long he's going to be. He knows he's not allowed to leave through interdimensional portals as well as the front door, right? Yeah, you might be. You might have to check that with him if and when he gets back. Um, any word from Ian? Um, I got a WhatsApp from him earlier saying he was nearby, but considering the geometry of this hello. place... Hello! Oh, How's it going? Hey! Hello! Hey, hey I've, I've been trapped in a coffee machine this whole time. Trapped in a coffee machine? Yeah, weird, weird geometry around the coffee machine these days. Was it tasty oh, okay. coffee? It was good coffee. Good. Yep, a lake of good coffee. Ooh, a lake of coffee. I, I did get the chaps from John to the Flame to have a look at the coffee machine at one point. They may have uh, put some elder signs and that kind of thing around it, so eh, it's possible. Yeah, it does sound like them. Yeah, it is indeed. Um, Everything okay it... with you, though? Yeah, all good. All good. Fired Do... up. Too much coffee. All good. <laughs> well, if you're fired up, you can uh, you can take us from the top, then. Let's do it. This is Brainwaves episode 46, bringing you the best in board game and tabletop gaming news. These are the headlines for the week of the 13th of April 2020. Adam Coble comes under fire in Fire Verona incident. Co-founder of TSR, Brian J. Bloom passes. And just coming across the news desk now, trading in Cool Mini or Not stock is suspended. All this and more on this week's Brainwaves. Well, as always, folks, we are starting with the tough news at the top of the cast. Far Verona is a sci-fi RPG livestream on Roleplay, which has been recently cancelled, and its GM, Adam Cobble, is facing a raft of scorn over an incident that caused the RPG to be cancelled. Now, Adam Cobble is the creator of Dungeon World and general sort of online GM guru. And in the most recent episode of Far Verona, there is a, there featured a sexual assault in-game that uh, the characters and players had no idea was coming. It came as a complete surprise to everyone, and a lot of uh, the players have objected strongly to the description of the incident and how it was played out in game, causing the RPG to be cancelled. Cobalt has issued an apology, saying they are going to implement better safety protocols down the lines for all their shows, things like the X card, which we'll come to discuss in a second, and various other sort of protocols, and talking with the players up front about the things that will be included in the game, sort of a lines and veils kind of discussion, which is a good idea to have at the start of any RPG so you can discuss the sort of content that's going to be inside it. We'll link to um, several videos of people um, saying why they've stopped uh, playing with Adam Cobble, why they cancelled. And you can make your own minds up about those things. But we'd like to chat a little bit about sort of uh, like the apology that Adam Cobble gave to me feels a little bit like a non-apology. There's a lot of stuff in there about like putting in better safety protocols and that kind of thing. But first and foremost, for me, I've been GMing for like two decades. I have never, ever, ever featured sexual assault in any game. 
and I don't really see the need for it at all. I mean, like, yeah, role-playing games can be used to discuss interesting topics and maybe difficult topics, but do you really have to go to that that thing? What, what do you think about this, guys? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, if it's that specific type of game, then sure. But I don't see the necessity at all, basically. Yeah. I mean, I've run, like, Blades in the Dark, with, like, literal, like, everyone's criminals, literal criminals, also sort of, like, violence and explosions and that kind of thing, but I've never, ever got really gone down that path, and I don't really see the necessity to do so. Uh, there's some explanation of why it was included uh, in some of the reactions to, to the incident, uh, but one of, the, one of the main reasons it's become such a thing in the community recently is that Adam Coble is very much someone who would go after other creators for doing this kind of thing he, he's very strong on sort of social responsibility for for gms and handling this kind of thing well in games and i think one of the reasons there's been such a backlash and such a, a furor over it is that it's because he's that kind of person and people are sort of wondering why he didn't sort of implement his own uh, what's the word i'm looking for safeguards Princ- principles principles i think okay. yeah safeguards as well but yeah his own principles what do, you, what do you think, Jamie? I think it's important to also make aware that not just you know players were upset, but that the player to whom their character it actually happened to, which is Elspeth Eastman, um, she actually decided to leave the game, leave the show, and posted up a video um, explaining her rationale why. And we will link to that. Yes, and you know, the, the way she described it, it was... She describes it very much as coming sort of out of left field and that, like she discussed with Adam before the show like the potential future arc for her character and she felt like she'd basically been ignored and not listened to and just it just sort of it, it it was it was a horrible incident for her character to be subjected to and she was really, really upset about it, understandably so. Well link to all this in the show in the show notes, folks. Do have a look at this, make up your own minds. And there's a lot of interesting uh, tools out there now to talk about this stuff before games. Uh, Monty Cook recently put out a thing that we linked to in a previous cast about sort of like uh, for sort of little forms that p- players can fill out for a game to sort of say I don't like this kind of thing I don't want that kind of thing in the game I, I I'm okay with this and just to have that discussion with your players have that uh, have that discussion with yourself have a think about what's going in your game and why and just make sure it's a safe space around the table for everyone. Uh, Jamie, you've got some sad news from the world of TSR. Yes, I'm sorry to say. Brian J. Bloom, the co-founder of TSR, which was the company that first published Dungeons & Dragons back in the early 70s, has died aged 70. Now, Bloom founded TSR, which stands for Tactical Studies Rules, with Ernest Gary Gygax in the early 1970s, and published Gygax and Dave Arneson's Dungeons & Dragons first way back in 1974. Never heard of Uh, it. No, it's it's this wee niche thing, you know. Bloom was with the company uh, actively until 1985, when himself and his brother Kevin both sold their shares to Lorraine Williams, who has a storied history, let's say, with TSR and the Dungeons & Dragons brand. But that's for another time. Now, Bloom promoted D&D internationally, and when his brother Kevin helped expand the company into producing toys and producing miniatures and other very similar uh, outlets and, and new markets, you know, it's a very sad moment. You know, a, a, a great, you know, someone who shaped the tabletop gaming hobby into the thing we know it today. So, um, 
thoughts are with uh, his family at this sad time. Have any of you ever played the original Dungeons and Dragons? I've not. I've played quite a few. I've played a couple of sort of OSR kind of games, which are basically people writing new games that are like the Dungeons and Dragons they played. Yeah, but not necessarily like Dungeons and Dragons. If you see yeah. what I mean, it's it's as they it's Dungeons and Dragon as they remember it. Yeah, I've not played the very very original like completely. You know, it's the chain, white box. Yeah. It's the chain mail stuff. Yeah. But my friend did run a, a game that was very similar to it. So, which was in the very beginning, you know, um, if you were playing a wizard, sorry, no, you weren't. Sorry, if you're playing an elf, you were playing a fighter wizard. Yeah. If you were playing a dwarf, you were a fighter. If you're a human, you were a fighter. If you're a wizard, you were a human. The closest you know, I've come is running uh, a swords and wizardry campaign with using some of the random dungeon generation stuff out of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons first yeah. edition. I, I played a, I've played a lot of first ed AD and D and second ed AD and D, and I love those games for their you know for their own things. Yeah. But I completely understand how it is can be seen as very hampering in the eyes of say modern gamers that you know in second ed and first ed actually there are level caps depending on what race and class combinations you choose and you know the original ones you can only be you know uh, a wizard if you're yeah. a human or a human if you're a wizard or whatever i'm trying to say anyway right. before we get lost down a nostalgia hole of D, ian i believe you've got some breaking news that has just come across the desk i do we found this literally four hours ago um cool mini or not stock trading has been suspended it was suspended on april 1st after the company warned of audit issues in this audit three issues were identified a distributor agreement with a transaction value of $1.5 million has been identified. Speculation around the internet is that this is to do with Asmodee, as that was the only distribution deal announced in 2019. Rationale and substance of the significant increase in the prepayment balances as of uh, 31st of December. And the third issue, which is the most pressing other information required by the auditors for their audit procedures on certain audit issues included going concern. Now that's quite a lot of jargon. Basically, the third issue is the largest as it seems. It's an opinion given by auditors when it's believed the company might have a change in valuation of its assets because there's a risk it would no longer be a going concern. They did report a down year in 2018 but were profitable Two outside directors, including the chairman of the audit committee, resigned in early April after the stock stopped trading. And finally, the upcoming Kickstarter, we reckon, is likely to be hit by this speculation. Yeah, I had a wee read of the Reddit um, uh, link you put in, Ian, and a lot of people were speculating that Ankle will take a hit. I mean, Simon were like a couple of hours after that announcement, were, or a couple of hours after ICB2 posted that, were still posting Ankh stuff on Kickstarter, and they're bound to. But yeah, it's not a, not a great look. And uh, at the moment, it's all speculation, folks. We'll bring you more on that probably in the next cast once things are starting to shake out a little bit more. Yeah, the audit report is extremely basic and everything online seems to say there's more information coming soon. Yeah, I would imagine. So we'll put that up on our Twitter and Facebook feeds as we get it as well. And we'll probably be talking about that next cast, I would imagine. Well, that's enough for the headlines for this week, I think, gents. We've got a lot of news to get on with, so let's go.
Of course, the coronavirus continues to impact the board game hobby, but lots of companies are coming out with uh, things you can do at home, putting out some of their games for free, and the community has been really coming together. Uh, if you look on our own site, we've got an isolation call list where we're trying to gather as much of this stuff together uh, for things to do at home, things people are doing for free, or pay what you want, or just pay things to do. Uh, give that a check out. And uh, One of the things on there now is that Asmodee are launching some of their games for free uh, print and play. The games so far on there are Double, Dixit, uh, one of the, some of their Unlock games, which are like their escape room in a box kind oh, of I games. Oh, I love Unlock. Yeah, we've played a couple of those. They're pretty good. Combo Color, I don't know what that one is. Uh, Cortex and Timeline Classic. Timeline is the game of sort of like arranging stuff in the right order, depending on when it was invented or came in a Star Wars timeline oh, or that kind of or thing. Or when it's in chronological order. In chronological order, yep. Yeah. Uh, the, the CEO of Asmodee, Stéphane Carville, in these, uh, said, in these difficult times, due to the worldwide COVID-19 crisis, we at Asmodee are happy to offer families a way to play together from the comfort and safety of their home. We hope that these free print-and-play games can offer some measure of relief, adventure, and fun for everyone while staying safe at home. It's just nice to see a big company like that doing something. And like we said, there's a lot of little companies, uh, a lot of companies, small and big, just doing really cool things for the community, coming out with stuff. And uh, yeah, ch- check out what's happening at uh, as much as you can because it's nice to support these companies and if you do download these things and have fun with them tell people about it as well because like these companies are they're still hurting despite doing this stuff i'm sure some of these companies are still hurting and uh, it's really nice to tell other people about the games you're liking and, and give them a little bit of promotion i know that at the very least i have downloaded before this happened i downloaded a one of the unlock scenarios that they they've put out and played it and it was a nice wee kind of mini scenario which plays with a deck of cards oh, that cool. are that have numbers in them and then oh, it's really played neat. with a companion app um, yeah which is which is fun but it can be incredibly frustrating like i love these games but i always have at least one issue with one of the puzzles per scenario i've found <laughs> so far uh, yeah. but maybe that says more <laughs> about me than just the game itself yeah and if you like uh puzzle games uh, uh you can watch me occasionally platforming and puzzling my way through a game called layer of the clockwork god every wednesday around about three o'clock i'm streaming that uh and i'm an idiot so you can come and laugh at how bad i am at puzzles <laughs> it's been good to watch actually uh, while we're on asthma day they have recently hired a uh, games workshop interactive games licensing manager um christian dunn is their new interactive games licensing manager he'll be developing interactive licensing deals for asthma day's 250 games and ips that is some stable of games uh dunn spent nearly 20 years at games workshop finishing off with six years handling interactive games licensing so that's like games workshop computer games effectively and their apps uh dunn is asmodee's second licensing hire from games workshop in the past 60 days the other one who is andrew theme he is a license he is now a licensing manager primarily dealing with european licensing in publishing collectibles and other consumer product categories uh, congratulations to both the new hires I mean, I have to say, you know, if you look at a company that has really turned it around in the past couple of years in terms of um, engagement with the community and Mm. accessibility, I think Games Workshop, you know, for all its many faults, is right up there for going a change of management, right, engagement online, you know, multiple sites now. They've done such a good job, yeah. I've got such props for, for Games Workshop for doing that was just wondering if this means they're going to be moving to a similar style of um, licensing to the current Games Workshop thing, which is basically the bigger and more important a studio is, the larger licensing deal they can get. And they've got all these games going out to tons and tons of studios, which I think is a really cool way of doing it, actually. 
I wouldn't be surprised we're seeing a big rise in sort of board game apps. And I think, as, as we've talked about in the last cast, I think the digital ass side of board gaming and tabletop gaming is going to be huge come 2021. Just, I mean, it's going to be propelled by the current climate and just more board game apps and more things, more people putting games on Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia or, or their own sites. I wouldn't be surprised to see Asmodee come out with its own digital platform, for instance. That might be a thing. Yeah. Who, who knows what we'll see. We've seen it happen, especially with Games Workshop. You know, previously they had very few companies that were allowed to make video games under their license. But now, you know, in the last couple of years, we've seen take uh, a much more, dare I say, scattergun approach, as I've uh, heard quoted before, to we'll throw out a lot of licenses to a lot of companies. Mm, yeah. And see and, the ones that the ones that will the ones that will make money. Obviously, we'll keep working with them. The ones that don't make a lot of money, well, you know, it's they still give us a little bit of money. Not to mention their book cartoon licenses. They're being a lot freer with the license, just pushing stuff out there, pushing their GW property out there. Uh, anyway, Ian, talking about other uh, companies helping out, the little guy Gamma has been up to some interesting things. Tell us all about it. So this is the news that Gamma has launched a search and help site. Gamma, the Game Manufacturers Association, has published a website to inform the gaming public about the status of gaming stores. Info such as whether the store is open or not and what services they offer, like gift cards, delivery, shipments, etc., are all available on the website. There are 800 stores listed, or more than rather. Gamma plans to support the locator through email to its 27,000 name Origins Game Fair consumer list and by the show's social media accounts. There's also a page with information on publisher programs to support retailers with a lot of companies that are offering to share their online sales revenue with a retailer designated by the customer. Yeah. Final bit of news is that Origins has been moved to October. Yeah, I really don't think <laughs> that's going to happen. That, that's, that's the Origins Games Fair, yes? So that's going to that's gonna also impact the Origins Awards, which we mentioned last podcast. And that and there's, there's another something happening in October in the gaming calendar. I can't think of what it's called. Oh, yeah, Essen. And Tabletop Scotland. And Tabletop Scotland, potentially. I mean, I, I, want to say, I want to say that we'll get some of these events later in the year. Like, we'd like, love to go to Tabletop Scotland. We'd love to see it happen. But let's face it, that like this stuff's going to go on for months. And who, the, I would be unsurprised to see a lot of these things cancelled. I mean, let, let's, let's face it, the Olympics has moved to 2021. Are you bigger than the Olympics? No. No, but you don't get as much foot traffic as the Olympics. I don't want to, you know, downgrade Tabletop Scotland or Essen. You don't get as much foot traffic as the flipping Olympics. <laughs> yeah, but uh, have you seen the have you seen the halls at Essen? How cramped they get? Would you I, I haven't go actually. There? I haven't actually, and maybe once. Yeah, I mean, I would want to go there, but just not in the middle of a global potential pandemic that will be like having rolling lockdowns across the world for the next year. Anyway, that's all speculation. Uh, Jamie, talking about pandemics, there's been some news from uh, the New York Times. Oh, that's a seamless link right there. I'm a professional. A professional, yes. Um, Funnily enough, you may have noticed there's a global pandemic going around and board gamers have been jumping at the phrase pandemic and going, oh, isn't there a game published by um, Zedman Games that's uh, about a pandemic? What's it called? Oh yeah, Pandemic. Funnily enough, that's been having something of a resurgence in popularity and people talking about it. Now, Steve Kimball, who is the head of the studio at Zedman Games, which is itself a subsidiary of Asmodee Games, 
Steve Kimball released a statement on the 28th of March regarding the COVID-19 pandemic and the pandemic series of games. Now, there has been some speculation uh, online that the season three of the phenomenally successful and popular pandemic legacy series was due to be announced shortly. But according to Steve Kimball, since the COVID-19 countermeasures encourage social distancing, we've had lots of gamers with pandemic on their mind reach out to us on social media posting photos of playing games, tagging us, and asking specific questions about upcoming pandemic releases. Out of respect for those affected by the current situation, we are choosing to wait for a more appropriate time to share details, which I am absolutely agreeing with 100%. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. That's Um, a class act. Yes. Steve Kimball also stated that Zedman has chosen to donate to an organization currently supporting COVID-19 relief. Um unsure which one it is but it is a very magnanimous gesture on his part again he said designer matt leacock once told me that the core premise of pandemic was celebrating humanity's triumph over adversity each game telling a unique tale of unsung heroes working tirelessly to overcome a critical challenge in concert to this matt leacock himself the designer of pandemic and the forbidden series of games forbidden island forbidden desert and forbidden skies among others, has written an opinion piece in the New York Times entitled No Single Player Can Win This Board Game. It's called Pandemic. About his initial development of the game, his initial ideas, how he came up with it, um, and his thoughts on the game's current resurgence of popularity. Uh, You know, not that it dipped really, but nevertheless, it's heightened awareness in this current times. It it is a very good read. Um, I would urge you to, to watch it. And, you know, good on Fair enough for Zedman Games. I've got yeah, good, good props. Good not, not not trying not trying to cash yeah, in on that. Yeah. No. Um. Also, uh, yeah. fun enough. Staying with Zedman Games, their you know parent company is Asmodee, but they've also announced a game coming out free, print and play version, and that is uh, a version of their now very successful game Love Letter. Love Letter, which was originally owned by AEG, until the rights were bought in two thousand and eighteen. The version they've announced for print and play is called Love Letter Sender, which is, uh, the theme is dating in the modern world, but it uses the Renaissance-esque characters and art from Zedman's 2019 version of Love Letter, which is quite nice to see. You know, it's a little bit of a change and, you know, it's it's continually updating. And, you know, it's not as if we've never seen uh, a thematic rebranding of Love Letter. I mean... When AEG had the license, we had Batman Love Letter, The Hobbit Love Letter, Adventure Time Love Letter, and uh, Loot Letter, which was Munchkin version of Love Letter. Uh, but yeah, moving away from AEG and and Asmodee, uh, I believe there's some news coming from Wizards of the Coast. Uh, Ian, I think, uh, sorry, Ian C, of course, I believe you have some info about that, maybe? I do indeed. Wizards of the Coast have announced Game Store Relief. This is the news that at the end of March, Wizards of the Coast announced that they would reprint the Magic the Gathering mystery booster set and allocate the boosters to WPN members' stores free of charge. That is the Wizards Play Network for anyone who's not familiar with it. Thank you. All money spent on the boosters would go to the store itself, which is just such a lovely move, actually. Hmm. Wizards of the Coast have also allowed game stores to take admission fees of up to $10 for tournaments they run on Magic the Gathering Arena, which is their online magic program. This program will run until at least June the 1st. This is great for those American stores that are still open. We don't know how it would have affected UK stores as they have all mostly closed before this announcement was made. 
Additionally, Wizards of the Coast have pulled a card because it had Corona in the title. Yeah, there was a card called Space Godzilla Death Corona because the new set has basically got kaiju in it. Yeah, Death Corona is just not a good card. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine they put that out way before they printed. Well, they made it like months and months ago, possibly years ago. Yeah, the lead time on this must be genuinely years. But uh, Jamie, I believe things are getting chilly in the world of Kickstarter. Oh boy, it is getting positively glacial. Funnily enough, there is a Kickstarter that has, I say recently, uh, has recently come uh, online from Isaac Childress. It is a sequel to the 2017 Goliath and current holder of the number one spot on Board Game Geek. And that game is Gloomhaven. The sequel is Frosthaven. Now that went live on the 31st of March and let's say it has done pretty well. Um, They asked for half a million dollars for their funding and at the time of recording they have raised 7.03 million dollars which is about 5.64 million of your British pounds. Now it made over a million dollars in less than an hour and currently has nearly 50,000 backers for it. Now, the pledge for the base game itself is $100. There is the bundle, which includes solo scenarios, removable stickers, and other things, is $145. And there is an all-in pledge, which includes the base game, the solo mode, the removable stickers, an organizer from Broken Token, and 60 metal coins for a cool 240 US dollars. Now, that sounds like a lot, and it is. It's also worth noting, this does not include shipping costs or tax or VAT. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So that's shipping March 2021, which by which, t- by which time Britain will be Brexited, probably, maybe? Let's and, not consider that right now because we don't know what what's that going do. to happen. Uh, who knows what that will do to trade <laughs> and shipping and that sort of thing. To but it's worth noting that Frosthaven has already yeah. streaked past Gloomhaven's second printing Kickstarter, which is about $4 million and outstripped its original one as well. Now, it looks like it's going to enter maybe in the top five most successful board game Kickstarters of all time, but it has quite uh, a contender to beat for the top spot, which is uh, the winner of Box Most Likely to Beat Someone to Death With Award, and that is Kingdom Death Monster, which raised over $12 million. So there are 21 days left to go at time of recording, so we'll see how well this does. I'm the only one who does not own or uh, has not played Gloomhaven in any capacity. So my question is uh, to Ian C. What do you think? Honestly, it's it makes sense. It's the it is the best rated game on Board Game Geek. It has it has so much stuff, and it's genuinely a brilliant, solid game. I can see why it's made so much money. There's a lot of chat about people buying this game when they haven't completed the first game. And I think that's actually fair, because a lot of people, their board game time isn't limited by their cash. It's limited by their actual time that they can spend with friends. And if this is an upgrade, then that's going to make their time better. Yeah. Then again, I don't have $240 plus tax and VAT to spend on this. I bought my original copy secondhand off someone on the internet. So 
I'm not one of those people, and I will not be backing this. As much as I'd love it. So I think that, uh, in lieu of any other news, we're going to pass over to Ian M. Ian, I believe you've got some some crafts for us. Hi everyone, and welcome to Bean at Home Corner with Ian M. Uh, so this week we're going to talk about Tabletop Simulator, the PC program you can use to play board games online. And I've been playing games with Ian and Jamie. How are you doing, chaps? I'm very okay, thank you. What, 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 what do you think of my new little studio here? It's great, isn't it? It's got some nice flowers over here. There's a dog here. Of course, got a dog. And we'll be passing out badges, obviously, to people who phone in, you know, Blue Peter style. Aww. Do you have a turtle in a box? I think that's a core component of Blue Peter. Yeah, I that is. did, but I got very hungry. Uh. Anyway, moving swiftly on. So if you're not familiar with Tabletop Simulator, uh, it is a PC game. You can get it through various places online, but most people will probably be getting it through Steam, which is Valve's online PC game store. And you can use it to basically uh, simulate the experience of a tabletop tabletop game uh, people use it for role-playing games bo- uh, board games and i've even seen people use it for um, sort of dexterity games and things like that like crocodile because it has some inbuilt physics you can use for that kind of thing it's a great little program that jamie e and i have been using we've been playing some games in it that you can we'll link to some of our streams and videos in the, the show notes and to go about um, getting this you need to sort of download tabletop simulator from steam and then you need to go to the workshop tab in steam and you will find thousands and thousands and thousands of games in there once you found the game you want all you need to do is subscribe to it and then when you log in to tabletop simulator you will find that it is in your list of games so to subscribe to a game when you hover over its little picture in the workshop you'll find a little plus icon in the bottom right hand corner click on that and it will just be in your list of games when you eventually get into tabletop simulator how have you guys been finding using Tabletop Simulator? Have you got any tips and tricks for the folks at home? I would say remember it is a physics engine first with a game simulator bolted on top of it afterwards. So there is going to be funny things that don't happen in real life, like dropping your cards off the table and they fall forever. That is true. Uh, if the, if it's done right, they'll wheel, they will eventually fall back onto the board. But yeah, so Tabletop Simulator it does sit in a weird territory where it's not a full computer game where everything is basically done for you. The computer game responds to your inputs and actions, but it is not a full-on board game where you can sort of physically interact with it either, obviously. So it does have a slightly weird bit in my brain, personally, where I, I have a slight weird disconnect with it. But it's better than playing no games at all. Yeah. And uh, you will find that some of the mods, that you, some of the, the games you can find in the workshop will be listed as scripted, which means that they have some degree of automation within the game. And there are some really good mods. We'll be doing some reviews and recommendations down the line of good mods you can be using. I've been playing quite a bit of the Arkham Horror living card game, which you, you all know I love. Really, Ian, you've never mentioned it. Just this wee, wee thing I, I like. And uh, there's a mod on there called Arkham Horror Super Complete Edition, which is very, very good and is indeed super complete. And there, there's all sorts of other mods on there. There's a Raiders of the North Sea one I, I linked on the other day and Gloomhaven is on there. There's All of Gloomhaven is on there for basically the cost of Tabletop Simulator, which I think is, it's like £15 full price and is frequently on sale uh, on various sites like Good Old Games, Steam, uh, various sites you can find download codes for it for not very much money at all. 
There are some DLC as well, sort of properly uh, put together mods by uh, companies who pay people to put them together for them. We haven't tried any of those yet, um, but I believe I have. some of them... Oh, have you, Jamie? What have you tried? I have bought two DLCs, and that is for Super Fight, which you know is a bit like... In the same vein as Cards Against Humanity, but it's uh, the... That age-old argument, oh, my superhero can beat up your superhero. Well, let's put it down to, you know, a hand of cards that, you know, insert pop culture reference here has this power and they're going to fight against insert this pop culture reference here and has this superpower and everyone debates who will win. And I've also bought Tortuga 1667, which, you know, I've gone on record before saying I flipping love. I would love to play that. Yep. Man, I, I am happy. I'm up for hosting a game of Tortuga 1667s uh, at any point soon for... Uh, yeah, because, well, you know me, I, I really like it from Facade Games. Well, you heard it here, folks. For, folks, thanks very much for the offer, Jamie. We'll all come round to your virtual house and play that soon. I'm good with that, yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Plays up to eight players. Come on, let's play a big... Oh, fantastic. Maybe a big eight, maybe yeah, eight players, maybe. Ah, let's play a big player game. Um, similarly, I would love to play, you know, a big... Uh, five or six player game of Root because I've only played one uh, third of a game uh, which ENC was part of. Uh, we played a third of a game with four of us and I'm like, come on, I want to do more. I can't wait. Well, we'll see if we can get Lovely. that arranged. Absolutely. For next time on Ian's uh, Gaming at Home, I'll show you how to cook meeples. Goodbye. Well, folks, before we... Uh, get out of here we'd just like to give a little shout out to our executive producers the lucky sparrow gaming cafe uh check out their facebook page and twitter account for ways you can help them out under these difficult times thank you very much for listening everyone if you enjoy what you've listened to then the best way to help us is to share the podcast online and drop us a review and a rating on itunes now you can also follow us on twitter we're at the giant brain on instagram giant brain uk on facebook we are The Giant Brain. Our website is giantbrain.co.uk. And if you have any questions, queries, opinions, feedback, whatever you like, our email is giantbrainuk at gmail.com. But wait, Jamie, there's more. We now have a Twitch stream. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, do you we? Can count. We do indeed have a Twitch stream. You can come and watch us live on Twitch playing games. At the moment, we're still working out a schedule. I am playing Layer of the Clockwork God 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. I'm running Arkham Horror Core Past 8 on Thursdays. And we are generally playing some kind of tabletop simulator game on Sundays around about 2 o'clock. We'll announce all those live on Twitter and the Facebook page. So do come along, give us a follow, and come and uh, comment on the games and how bad we're, badly we're playing them. Yes, look after yourselves, stay safe. Stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya.